Project Ropa, a relative newcomer or Neulinger to Berlin, where I chat to different people each episode about their particular passions and why they've chosen to pursue them here in this great city. This episode, I chat with my friend and colleague Jonathan Lustgarten, a recording musician here in Berlin, about his music and his really interesting family history as well. At the end of this episode, we'll be trying out some Dolce de Leche Blondies. And for anyone who doesn't know, Blondies are kind of like the vanillary cousin of the brownie. So enjoy. So hello, Jonathan. Hello, Pat. Thank you so much for coming to my kitchen my this pleasure. evening. It's very rainy and wet, and you didn't have to come, but you did. It's very warm here. So yeah, it's nice good. in here, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's very nice. If I do say so myself. Um, so yeah, thank you for coming. Um, pleasure. You're, and when you're so busy as well, you're off to Israel next week. I'm off to Israel, that's yeah, true. for a few days. A few days, visit my grandmother, she's 97 years old, wow. so I have to visit her. Yeah, you do. Amazing woman, yeah. Do definitely. you take any presents to her when you go and see her in Israel? I do, but she doesn't like anything. Oh, okay. So I just keep trying <laughs> different stuff, and this time I just bought different kinds of cookies yeah. Yeah. and just bio stuff, organic stuff, and see, she, okay. she won't like it, and then she'll be thankful, and okay. I'll be thankful, and, uh, you know. At least you did it, though. It's yeah. like a check, you know, yeah. it's like, welcome, yeah. check. Yeah. Well, it's funny, isn't it, like, you, um, yeah, I just get my granny, like, diabetic um, caramels and stuff, bless her, because she's diabetic, oh. and she really likes sweet things, um, but occasionally I'll just get her the wrong thing, and it looks like I'm trying to kill her, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> like have yeah. this sugary stuff and yeah well mine is uh, she loves chocolate actually mm-hmm. but only the chocolate that she buys so uh-huh. she she's the kind of woman that buys the worst supermarket brand because that's the only one that's good yeah and you bring her like really good milk yeah. organic chocolate and she says that's nougat she calls everything <laughs> nougat it's like, all right, yeah, fine. Okay, okay. Um, I love you. Love you. Yeah. She's a really nice uh, yeah, lady. That's she's great. Uh, 97, that's pretty impressive. 97, yeah. Yeah. She's been through a bit. Yeah, life, I bet. So, yeah. so this is the thing. I would like, please, just first of all, could you explain to me, because um, I find that whenever we are together or a party or a meeting, because of course we work together, right. um, whenever you are explaining the story of where you come from and where you grew up, I always come in at the end when you finish <laughs> the story. And I'm always like, oh, there's Jonathan. And someone's talking to me and I'm like, yeah, okay, bye, yeah, yeah. And then I get there and I'm like, right, finally I can listen to Jonathan's story. And then you go, and that's, then that's the end. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, every time. So you so, grew up yeah. in Venezuela? I, um, I grew up in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the thing. I was born in Caracas, mm-hmm. Venezuela. Uh, I guess a story, my story starts with the story of my family. So the thing is, my grandparents from my father's side, they were Polish Jews, uh, very religious, uh, annoying uh, people. And uh, they decided to emigrate to Israel. They were very poor people as well. And uh, so my um, my grandmother moved with them to, mm-hmm. well, it wasn't even Israel, it was Palestine in the late 1920s. And... Later on, my father was born there in 1946, still a British colony. Yeah. And then two years later, Israel was created, but Israel was, uh, there wasn't much going on over there. It was a bit of a desert. I mean, if somebody hears me now, they would be like, what are you talking about? But it, it was mm-hmm. kind of that way. They were, they were broke, um, and uh, they had very little money. There was a little work as well, so they decided to move to Venezuela in 1951. And my dad was raised there. Uh, and then my dad's story gets very complicated. He uh, moves, he starts, first of all, he moves to California in the 60s. And then he moves to Louisiana, Baton Rouge, wow. which was pretty cool because uh, I remember he would tell me the story that there was a list of the best uh, universities in the U.S. in terms of 
their parties, the nightlife, the, the mm-hmm. whole scene. And then they would list the 10 best universities, and then they would add a star to the list, and they would say, Baton, I mean, Louisiana State, which was the name of the university, is not included here because it's, in a, it's on another level. Mm-hmm. And this is the list of Playboy magazines. So okay. it, was, it was the <laughs> 60s, and uh, yeah, my dad arrived there, and he would see Johnny Cash in his 20s, I think, oh. at the time. And there was a lot of racism going on, so yeah. he would try to arrange a sort of salsa get-together yeah. and then send salsa with uh, people from other um, countries or that were just not white supremacists yeah. and yeah. it worked pretty well wow. it was uh, it's a long story but anyways um, at some point he moved to Israel mm-hmm. and then he was a soldier there while his parents were in Venezuela and then they switched basically so right. they went to Israel he went back to Venezuela and my mother's side has a very different story they were my great-grandparents were Prussians, mm-hmm. Prussian Catholics, if yeah. you will, and they were raised in the city of Königsberg, which is yeah. nowadays Kaliningrad, not a very nice city, I imagine. And at some point, um, my great-grandfather somehow moved to Venezuela. He's part of a German company in Hamburg, and he's a decoder, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like Morse code and stuff yeah. like that. So my grandfather was born in Venezuela in a very hot, wildly hot city, 38 degrees in Maracaibo. Uh, and when he was one year old, his father's last wish was that he would move to Germany and get raised in Germany. Right. So he was raised in the city of Hamburg until 1936. The Nazis basically very kindly asked him to join the Hitler Youth. Sure. Um, I hope I could. Uh, there was a way of showing the quote-unquote kindly yeah. part here, <laughs> yeah. but I don't think we don't have to explain that we very much. <laughs> I think we got it. So he just basically gave them the middle finger and moved to Venezuela. Yeah, yeah. Um, my mom uh, was born there in the 1940s, and she was basically during her childhood she was raised over there at some point my grandfather takes him to Europe so they're traveling around Europe and my mom's raised in a very sort of Catholic boarding school in Spain where she would have to eat uh, garlic soup yeah very Catholic nice. boarding school in Spain I imagine would be yeah, quite excellent <laughs> it's yeah. uh, wonderful uh, that's, she that's has fond up. memories of that to be <laughs> honest um, let's just say yeah there was a very Catholic side yeah. when when you talk about my, my grandfather and my mom. And at some point, they just moved back. My, my grandfather loved Venezuela. It was a beautiful country. Mm-hmm. It's warm there, mm-hmm. and there were beaches, and there still, still are beaches, great food, yeah. and it was very relaxed to live there. Um, until at some point, she met my dad, and... You know, they just went out for a beer and that's it. I was born. Oh. That's that's yeah, how that's I it. came Yay. into this world. So that, that's, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what beer does to you. It has a very effective <laughs> effect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Please have some beer at yeah, some point, yeah, but not too yeah, much, you yeah. know. Uh, so, yeah, I was raised in, in Venezuela and that's how I Awesome. And that's how you have yeah. people in Israel and in Venezuela and in Germany. And, and, and in Spain, and in because Spain. my brother moved to Spain, to Madrid, so he now has his wife and his daughter, yeah. uh, niece. she's 10 years old in, in Madrid. Yeah. So it's interesting because whenever I talk to the family, there are new characters popping up. Mm-hmm. So then I found some family in Bonn and Euskirchen, and suddenly I have family in Sweden. And there's a cousin in Norway, and there are these people in Israel, wow. and there are some people in the States. So... It's a bit of a mission. You, yeah, you want to meet these people and then you want to find out where they live so you can be like, oh, hey, I'm coming to visit. <laughs> that's that's how it started with, with the family in Germany. I was like, hey, I found a cousin on Facebook and was like, hey, I think we're family. Yeah, yeah. maybe. And then the whole yeah. family got together um, and I met 
part of the family that was really nice, yeah. and there was another part of the family that was uh, very special, let's say. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, that happens. <laughs> family happens, you oh, know. Oh, God, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone has family that, oh, God, happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, um, yeah, it's it's just interesting. You know, <laughs> my um, family history, you know, I think I think on one side it was like, uh, and they worked in, in a mill in the northwest of England, oh, in, the, okay. in the Greater Manchester area, and uh, and his father worked in, in the mill in Greater Manchester, and then and his father worked in, the, <laughs> in uh, Greater Manchester, and, and his father worked in, in um, uh, uh, he was uh, a tightrope walker. No, no, he worked in a mill. Okay. Uh, and... <laughs> Like so, so yeah. Sometimes so it's a sort of a male family. Yeah, one side, yeah, and then the other side is obviously Irish, because I love that story. Yeah, it's, I think it's more interesting than do mine. You, yeah, do you, do you think Irish? <laughs> Yours has the an Irish and a male story. <laughs> yeah. Israel, yeah. Venezuela, salsa clubs. I think true. I think you win actually. <laughs> but there's no male and there's no Irish. That's true. That's true. And I, 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 I like Irish people. They're really nice. They're great. And British people, too. Oh, well, yeah. Well, you, you're also nice, just course, in case. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, Got the history to prove it. <laughs> have, have you been to this mill at some point? No, no, You've no. You've never been to the mill? No. Well, oh, okay. interestingly, um, I, think, um, I think on my dad's side, there's... We're not as uh, I don't know, but I mean, all families have their, have their skeletons and their black sheep and stuff, but, but my dad doesn't talk about... Do you know what was funny when my what was funny my nan died hilarious no <laughs> what was it's a great funny start of a so great children's um, book yeah. when she died last year we uh when we were my dad wanted well I, I offered to to read the eulogy um at a service of like six people because there's no one there um and um for years she'd been she'd loved the fact that I studied in Scotland she had a real affinity with Scotland okay she loved Scotland and she loved the military tattoo if you've ever seen that where they do the big uh, the in August military the military tat- tattoo is, yeah. is like a I don't I didn't even know it's like a big thing that they put on every year and it's a big spectacle to go and watch and there's bagpipe players and Scottish dancing and all that kind of thing it's lovely to watch they do it I at like the castle it's very I imagine there's a little bit of drinking involved they're, they're, probably. They're, yes I'm yes, sure there yeah. is um, and um, yeah so it's a lot of fun um, and we bought her a DVD of the military tattoo and she used to love that oh. and uh, she loved the fact that I was in Scotland and I said to my dad one time I was like when, when we were writing the eulogy I was like so where does the affinity with Scotland come from and he was like you know and I was like because I'd heard somewhere that her father was Scottish and I was like yeah but her father was Scottish and he was like no and I was like right his father was Scott no no she just really liked Scotland and I was like right okay takes takes the wind out of my sails with my Scotland that's that's a story fine yeah, just leave it at that. That's good. She doesn't have to explain herself. She's dead. Right, yeah, yeah, that's probably a good reason. Yeah. Yeah, so so, and you are a recording musician here in, in Berlin. You are That's a recording a musician. That's a perfect way of describing it, actually. Um, yeah. And you've just recorded um, an EP uh, with four songs, which are up on SoundCloud. And of course, I'm going to link um, so people can go and have a listen. And we'll have mm, a listen thanks. in a minute. Um, but um, is this, how long have you been working on the EP? How long has it been in the process? It's a good question. I've been working on it, I think, uh, for a year and a half. First of all, it's unfair to say I've been working on it uh, because the whole project uh, is called Johnny Be Good. Mm-hmm. It's a music project where actually two projects are coming together uh, with, uh, with one of my best friends, a guy I've known for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll go back to that. But anyways, uh, the EP has been going around for, I would say, a year and a half, more or less. And 
the whole name of it is in progress because it's a uh, work in progress yeah, basically yeah. and the ep is, uh, is it's been a very intense experience and a very interesting experience for me because it's a concept ep actually so what it does is try to reflect or try to display my thinking process in life and i'm a guy that's always thinking you know uh, even if i'm sleeping there's a there's I have a big imagination, uh, which is not necessarily a good thing, mm -hmm. but I can imagine stuff, picture stuff. Yeah. And um, it was that idea of, you know, just always being a little bit overwhelmed by all these thoughts, but fascinated by them, just wanted to dig deeper and deeper. And I thought a good way of just illustrating that and understanding that was to write these songs and to... You know, with, with, within my wish to create music, it wasn't just, oh, let's make a song. Uh, and I don't know, let's look at the stars. Oh, it's a cloudy day. Oh, let's talk about clouds. I didn't really want to do that. I wanted to, I wanted it to be more personal. So I came up with this idea of creating this, uh, or reflecting this uh, thinking pro uh, process. And I think the result is, is uh, I'm pretty happy with the result. If you listen to the songs, they're a little bit all over the place, but that, that is a little bit of the idea to try to bring different genres together and different musical styles and different structures within uh, the music making process for different songs and different lengths and instruments and ways of singing and ways of playing and which instruments do we consider for that. And the whole process takes you through different uh, songs uh, that really show you how I don't know what I'm, how my daily uh, thinking process is like. But um, uh, I just would like to play a little bit of Destination Sure, because I think yeah. it's a lovely piece of music as well, Thank a you. very interesting one. interesting that you um, chose Destination Nowhere because from the four songs that we've released so far, Destination Nowhere is probably the the one that goes further mm -hmm. furthest back. And from musical orientation, it's very different. There's less electronic music involved mm -hmm. and the structure is a bit of a mess. Uh, and the lyrics have a very different approach. But So I found in Destination Nowhere... Yeah. It reminded me, in, in a very grown-up way, and yeah. it, um, of, of ping pong. Of ping pong. Yeah, the 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 the, the bouncing, the yeah. kind of like that noise. That, <laughs> do you know what I mean? The yeah. uh, the kind of like the um, how did you get that noise? Do you know the one I the kind of like? I'm thinking. Uh, I'm trying to think because destination nowhere has has many different parts. So there's to, the, to start off. There's there's kind of this like. 
almost kind of like a, almost or like a drip. There's there's like a guitar uh, in 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 reverse mm-hmm. uh, mixed with some percussions that are yeah. Uh, yeah. that have this sort of wooden feel to yeah. it. Uh, so. Those are just, to be honest, those are just libraries uh, that you that you that you um, include within the music production yeah. process. It is a bit of a of a challenge and also uh, a bit of a an addictive process when you're when you're making these songs because, of course, with the digital world and all these uh, tools that you have with Cubase and thousands of or hundreds of libraries, it's very easy to have access to instruments but then again if you have hundreds of libraries you just start playing with your little keyboard and mm-hmm. controller for uh, for hours yeah. until you find this little sound that sort of reflects what you feel yeah and i think that's the most important pres- a part of the music process that understanding of how you feel and just trying to find sounds for those feelings not making it any more complicated than that and uh, fernando and i always have this um, this joke uh, the producer and I, well, he's also part of the project now, that whenever we're not completely happy with a sound or with a part of the song, we just say, look, it's not going to change the world. Mm-hmm. Move on. And that's yeah, it. Yeah. That's really what it's about. You don't want to change the world with a song. You just want to show your feelings. Yes, that's, yeah, it's as simple exactly, as that. Yeah. Yeah. I, wonder, I wonder if it's quite hard as well with, so when you have these libraries of sounds and also when you are a recording artist kind of doing your own, you're doing, you know, you're putting it up on SoundCloud yourself. There's no, there's no definite time limit. You set the time limit. It's quite hard, I I imagine, to finish anything because you can just kind of keep going and keep going and keep going forever. Do you ever find that you're like, no, I need to like stop that now, put that to bed, that's done. It must be quite hard to finish things, I imagine. Um, yes and no. I think it it can be hard to finish them because you want that song to be perfect, and that has led sometimes to a sort of overproduction process. Uh, I think the most important thing that we use as a reference is the amount of time that we dedicate uh, for each song. So if we feel we've been just working on this for months or weeks, we just say, okay, we really need to move on mm-hmm. because it should be an easy process, and. On the other hand, it's not really that hard because, yeah, there, there is a certain lack of clear objectives for the future. How do you say, I think one thing that many musicians say is, I want to make it. You know, mm-hmm. my objective in music, within music, is to make it. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. Do you want to end up uh, playing in Madison Square Garden or in the mercedes-benz arena or is it about releasing an album that everybody will buy and i think in the end uh, making it is just about releasing a set of songs at least for me that with which you're happy and that will be able to trigger some sort of feeling for the listeners that's it Berlin always been your, in your mind as somewhere to go as a musician or did it not really on? I had this connection with Germany because of my family and did you, do you speak fluent German 
I I'd like to think so nowadays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't. Sp- I I learned German when I moved to Germany. Mm-hmm. So German was not uh, a language of of my childhood or anything like that. Because it can be quite isolating as well. I think with sometimes with the with this kind of like, and I wonder as for for a musician as well, uh, because obviously it's very dominated by you know electronic music, and right. um, can that be quite isolating? Almost, I remember overhearing a guy in a cafe being like, "It's just so hard, like recording <laughs> and doing this stuff here," and I was like, "Fuck, I know." You know what? <laughs> I think I think that what he said, that guy. I think it's bullshit to be honest. I think Berlin is an incredible inspiration as a musician it's because it's very real what you do here it's very real life uh, you have this very tough start and Berliners have you know based on, on the history of Berlin they're not going to be like oh hi welcome yeah. let me give you a hug they're going to be oh fuck yeah, you welcome yeah. you know we're all yeah. cold let's do this yeah. and once you get past that and you start treating Berliners in an honest open way you start to get through to them and you you get to know an incredible city and an incredible population most of the time not always Uh, you get a some right wings every now and then but that's uh, that's that's the exception to the rule and in any case in terms of of inspiration for music there's just so much that you're exposed to i i i realize not everybody likes electronic music i love electronic music from very different angles and i've i've been able to be part of the nightlife uh, scene uh, and i don't mean that in a sort of hipster cool way just going to clubs and long nights and just uh, downloading sets and going to the fusion festival and just trying to see what this whole hype is about and in the end it gets very personal you actually step back take a step back you move away from that scene for a while and you start to understand the differences between electronic music in Berlin and in other countries. Mm-hmm. So it's a very sort of deep, intimate process, uh, thinking process in general. And it can be eye-opening, if you will. It's, you know, it's, I guess eye-opening It's a very general diplomatic word, but that's what it is. You just really open your eyes and you mm-hmm. think, what the fuck? What what happened yeah. during my previous years? Yeah. And I think it's just fascinating because, yes, there is a dominating uh, electronic music scene here, but for example, the other incredible movement is the classical music movement, and that has been an inspiration for me as well. I love to go to the opera and take a look at classic concerts, and a few years ago I had this car that made it all very cheap for me to go to those concerts. And it was that crazy mixture of, of jazz concerts and you have all the best bands coming here and electronic music and trashy club nights and bars with French music from the 60s that really pushes you forward further to just try to have a different approach towards music and that really takes you away from that cliche text writing process with lyrics and just pushes you and forces you to just write your thoughts and and, and write how you feel, hopefully in a creative way. That's all it's about for me, I think. Important part of the podcast. I'm scared. Well, no, don't don't be scared. Well, <laughs> should I? Um, no, um, we're going to have a little bit of cake. Oh, well, let my guests get a little bit of amazing. cake. And and um, so for you, Jonathan, I decided. You said that you quite liked. You like. I know that you like um, sweet things. I know that I've baked for you before, and you're always. I know receptive. you're an amazing baker. So. Uh, <laughs> 
too kind. Um, but anyway, um, I thought already. what I would do, I made um, some um, dolce, please say dolce de leche in Spanish. Dulce please. de leche. Dulce de leche. <laughs> <laughs> you want to try that again? My way, my dolce de leche. Now, just, uh, <laughs> just, just make this exercise with me for a minute. Imagine you're a very lazy person. Yeah. And you're so lazy that you don't even want to speak. Yeah, you're having a cigarette. You're kind of drunk already. You're very lazy. It's 38 degrees outside. Ay. And now say dulce leche. Dulce leche. There you go. That's, there yeah, there you go. You're getting there. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of practice. Yeah. That's all I, that's that's all I say when I am That's my big tip for Spanish learning. Okay. Just be lazy. Yeah. And Spanish you speak, is your yeah. first language. Spanish is my first language. Yeah. yeah. And then do you have... And then obviously English. <laughs> English is there. It's yeah. so good. How that's so good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Your English is very good. I've heard no, that. I've yeah. heard that. Yeah. Um, oh my god, that looks absolutely so, amazing. Yeah, they. Um, so these are blondies. Blondies. Um, blondies, which I know in Spanish is rubia, uh, because there I had a colleague Excellent. who used to be like hola rubia, <laughs> <laughs> and he always used to shout that at me across the courtyard, which is quite funny. But um, in Venezuela, by the way, we say catira. 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 Hola catira. Hola catira. So they, those are the blondies. Yes. I love the blondies. Good. Good. Um, Thumbs up for the blondies. Excellent. I'm, yeah. glad to, I'm glad to hear it. Um, but thank you so much, Jonathan, for coming in My and chatting to me. It was um, another pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Very interesting. I, of course, will we'll put them on my site if anyone would like to try the blondies. Um, the rubias um, with the dolce de leche. Beautiful. Yes, excellent. Perfect. So, uh, and good luck with all the, the recording um, and in the future. And keep making beautiful music. Thank you very much. Excellent. And it was a pleasure. Thank you. So that was Jonathan. Thanks so much to him for coming in and chatting with me. If you want to try out those Dolce de Leche blondies, you can find them on the website, neulingerinberlin.com. And if you could please like and share us after you've listened to us on the Facebook page, that would be fantastic. I want to get out to as many people as we possibly can. Uh, you can also tweet at me at neulingerberlin and you can email me as well, neulingerinberlin at gmail.com if you've got any uh, feedback. Next episode, I'm going to be talking to the lovely Summer Banks about improv in Berlin. So until then, I'll speak to you very soon and have a great couple of weeks. <laughs>